Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex, and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch, and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand, The Purist Collection. Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space, and expresses herself fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles, and knows that she is magic. Welcome, Welcome fellow witch. witch. We are so happy you are here. This episode is proudly brought to you by The Purist Collection, a luxury naturopath-formulated skin, body, and lifestyle brand, supporting you with herbal medicine, flower aroma, and crystal therapy, because what you put on your body is just as important as what you put in it. Available online at thepuristcollection.com. That's the with purist, P-U-R-I-S-T, collection.com. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode 11, Jyotish Vedic Astrology with me. Yes, for this episode, we are joined by a very familiar guest, (laughs) our very own Tara, who is going to talk to us about Vedic Astrology, because I think I probably speak for both of us. One of the most common questions we're asked is, what on earth is Vedic Astrology? Yeah, so... Vedic astrology or Jyotish translates in Sanskrit to the science of light. Mm. That's also known as the science of time as well, because we see the planets as the keeper of time. So, yeah. Mm. And Sanskrit being that ancient Indian language, language and oldest language. Vedic from Ayurvedic. Yes. Yeah. So Ayurveda and yoga and Mm -hmm. Batsu and Vedic astrology or Jyotish are all part of that Vedic system. So they're all integrated as one system. Mm -hmm. And it's just now as time has progressed, we've sort of broken them up into their own disciplines. But even, you know, no matter what limb you're looking at, we should be incorporating all of them. And in the Vedas, Jyotish is actually referred to as the eye of the Vedas, Mm. meaning that it is the sight. And this is where that science of light comes from because light is known as the truth. Yes. And, yeah, I feel that is exactly what it is. It's that cosmic point in time that is the ultimate source of truth and we can yeah see a lot of our soul path Mm. and that's why I'm so passionate about it because yeah it can show it can light the path of Mm. our soul and you know Jyotish is is a science M it's actually that's why it's called the science of light Mm. um and it's a spiritual science as well because um yeah it is quite esoteric Mm. so I think it's really powerful like uh, you know what you were saying about lighting up that journey for our soul and being able to see and shine that light and get that clarity and having worked with you and you've read my chart multiple times I feel like every time I catch up with you I'm like um (laughs) can you just quickly check this for me (laughs) but for any of your clients I think what you instill is that sense of clarity through reading natal charts for us 
Yeah, and that's what I love about it. It's because it's yours. Mm. It's your, and I'm just, you know, it's a language Mm. and I'm just interpreting that language Mm. and, yeah, literally shining the light on your past Mm. or how you can remedy a challenging time, how you can gain insight, you know, because sometimes we just need that and that's what I love about Jyoti. She makes us zoom out Mm. and look at the grander picture. Yes. Um, You know, that puzzle piece, like it's like connecting the dots looking back. But we can... Yeah, really gain, like you say, Em, that clarity mm. from, yeah, just understanding mm. um, what the lessons is, why we need to learn this because a lot of Jyotish is about karma and our karmic journey. Mm. So not looking at karma is in a bad way, you know, if you do this, this is going to happen it's to you. It's not punishment. <laughs> it's not punishment. Yeah. So it's really looking at the soul's journey what the soul has come into this incarnation to learn Mm. and how we evolve because that's why we're here. We want to learn, we want to grow. And I really do believe if we are not fully living into our karmic lessons, Mm. they just get repeated. I don't know about you, Em, but before knowing this, like I just was kept repeating the same thing over and over. And I guess that applies to so many things and and to learning lessons in life but then also if we look at our incarnations there's almost like levels on like a video game yes and if you don't pass that level you go back and you do it again and again and again until you pass that level and get through those challenges yeah Yeah. and so that I love that reference and because I really see this as knowing the rules of the game Mm. and knowing where you can bend those rules mm. and that is what I find the most empowering about Jyotish. Yeah. And that's what being a witch is all about, right? Mm, totally. Making the game work for us. Yes. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people are fearful of Vedic Astrology M mm. because a lot of people ask me, they're like, oh, I don't really want to know or because in the Vedic charts you can see – you know, there's placements that show, you know, when we die, for example. Yeah. Um, that is not what I do. Um, I don't look into that. It's yeah. not because when we look at the chart, we always want it to be empowering. Mm. And so we need to understand that the chart, our soul blueprint, is not fatalistic mm. and, you know, we can change we can remedy difficult aspects of our chart yeah. and it is always showing the highest probabilities. So it doesn't mean that it is destined. Mm-hmm. Um, there is always freedom of choice. Yeah. So, you know, like your character, mm-hmm. we are choosing our own adventure yeah. by our choices. Yeah. So the, uh, the chart is almost like our roadmap, but mm-hmm. how we get through each road yeah is up to us yeah and i really like the metaphor of you know where if we're in a stream mm. and where we're drifting down the stream say mm. you know we're going to want to navigate away from potential blocks in the river yes. like we see some fallen trees over there that could potentially like hurt us in some <laughs> you know so we would navigate away yeah. from them or not you know we can see that that we're not going to go crashing into them yeah ideally yes <laughs> so this is just a way like how can we gracefully um navigate mm. down the river mm. 
learning these lessons, not avoiding them, not bypassing. And we can't change the river. We can't change the shape of the river, Mm. but we can choose how we go down it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. So always looking at it as an empowering and any astrology reading that you have, if you feel disempowered by any of the information, that is not what it is meant for. This is, you know, a self-mastery tool to understand Mm who we are on that soul level because when we come into this incarnation we believe there is this veil what that we call the maya so we forget that we're these sovereign divine infinite beings Mm. and the chart really shows us where our soul has come from Mm. and yeah what we're here to do yeah so yeah, I find it very empowering and liberating. Yeah, I think I think that's what's so special about what you do. And I think it's such a gift. And we're so lucky to have you as a guide and as a um, translator, I suppose, of, of our charts and being able to explain them to us. Thank you. Yeah, it's very <laughs> valuable. You've been very valuable to me in that regard. One thing that I want to ask you, and I know this might be – a semi-controversial topic. I know you're very passionate about this topic. (laughs) So there's astrology Mm -hmm. or Western astrology and then there's Vedic astrology. Mm. And I know in our intro episode we touched slightly on this. Can you explain what is different and what is similar, I guess? How do they compare? Yeah, definitely. So M knows this is something I get really triggered about. Get ready, everyone. A rant is incoming. (laughs) I used to, when I first started this journey, I used to look at Western astrology. And so I know that system quite well. And now knowing and stepping fully into Vedic astrology because it partners so well with Ayurveda, Um, The differences between the two systems is Western astrology is based on a system called tropical. And so tropical astrology is based on the Earth's equinoxes, uh, whereas the sidereal system, which is Vedic astrology, is based on the fixed stars, so it's based on the astronomy. So that doesn't change. Whether Earth's equinoxes, they change because of the tilt of the Earth. Mm. So... This system, the Western astrology system, has not accounted for what we call precession, which is the tilt and the the moving of the earth. And because of that, these systems now are 24 degrees apart. So when we look at a zodiac sign, that's 30 degrees. So 24 degrees is a big difference. It's nearly a whole sign. Yeah. Well, I know for me it's a whole sign. I'm Aquarius sun in Western, but in Vedic I'm Capricorn. Yes. Yeah. And so this is why we – I really want to encourage you to look at your Vedic chart because a lot of people that have never resonated with their Western chart, this is the reason because the Western system – is no longer accurate and I'll back this up with science because (laughs) it is only a leftover energetic imprint of what used to be above us Mm. whereas the Vedic sidereal system is exactly what is happening above us right now so the Vedic system is 
you know, as above, so below. Mm. And I know a lot of Western astrology uses that, but it's incorrect because 2,000 years ago when the Western system was um, taken from this Vedic system, Mm. both of those systems were together, Mm. like both of them were, you know, as above, so below back then. Mm. But because of this procession, they've moved apart and it is no longer accurate. So 2,000 years ago, yes, Western astrology was accurate. Mm. Now it's not. Mm. So that's why I get so passionate about it because, you know, especially on the new moon and the full moon, um, the Western astrology say, you know, it's this sign, whereas you look at the astronomy and it's like, no, it is not actually in that constellation. Mm. And I think this is what confuses people. Yeah. Totally. And and I think it's really interesting that considering Vedic astrology is one arm or limb of Ayurveda and, and ancient Indian medicine, and so is yoga. Yeah. And it's interesting because you go to a yoga class on a new moon or a full moon and they reference Western astrology. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because it is so mainstream and exactly when we look at why this happened and why this system originated uh we believe it is because astrology has always been a prediction tool so with astrology we can see the astronomy a hundred years from now and because of that it has so much power it is the only predictive tool that we have because we can go back in history and we can look at what planets were affecting us, what conjunctions, um, what aspects, and we can see what the stock market was doing. We can see Mm. what disasters were happening, or we can see the really great times, Mm. right? By Mm. referencing history, we've got that point of reference. So with that power, um, that can be used and abused. So back 2,000 years ago, the priests were actually taught astrology because they could, you know, then prepare people for what was coming up. If there was a drought, if there was a famine, Mm. you know, they had these tools that they could go, okay, this is going to happen, we're going to prepare. So knowing that information was powerful and it was taking power away from the church Mm. because they want God to be that almighty. Yeah. Yeah. And so with this, that is why the Western astrology system was um, put into place because they knew over time that it would not be accurate Mm. and it would make astrology um, inaccurate, um, a mockery. Not powerful. Yeah, just a frivolous woo-woo kind of made up non-scientific yes and i will grant you that western astrology yes it has been calm that (laughs) so i'm bringing vedic astrology back the true core science you're making it cool We're all so, on board now. <laughs> so that is, that is my rant. And with anything that is powerful, um, you know, mm. it it's is feared. Mm. Yeah. Totally. And that's why we're talking about 
this on on witches being witches because we like to take back our power (laughs) yes definitely and so i want everyone to be you know everyone should know their chart everyone should look be empowered to look and understand you know you don't have to understand the whole thing Mm. uh, but no elements of it it's a self-discovery tool um an inquiry tool Mm. on that note i want to ask you because I'll be honest, I, I love what you do and you've talked to me about my chart in full and I've gotten a lot of clarity from that and understanding from that. And I still, on some of the points of my chart, don't fully understand and I think that there's probably people listening to this episode um, who are very on board and very aware, but then there would also be quite a few of us who are probably in the same boat as me where we've got that interest in it and then not the full understanding. And that's why we get people like you to come and and teach us Mm. in our natal chart. We've got our sun sign, our moon sign rising. And there's a couple of other points in our chart that we can look at as well in that self discovery. Mm. Can you explain particularly with the signs, what, a sun, moon and rising sign actually is and and what that tells us about ourselves because I'll read certain qualities of my sun sign, say, and then I'll read of my moon or my rising and it gets quite confusing to know which is more me. Yes. And then some that I relate to more than others and Mm -hmm. what, what does that look like? What does that tell us what does looking at those signs tell us about who we are yeah i love this m so if we start off with the sun sign because that's what most people are familiar with because again the western system has prioritized the sun whereas the vedic system is actually a lunar based system and gives a lot of preference to the moon sign and the ascendant sign so if we go back to the sun sign This is what we consider in Vedic astrology as the indicator of our soul. So this is this placement, what zodiac sign it is in and what house it's in can show us a lot about our soul's trajectory where we shine the brightest and it can also show us our constitution as in like our health constitution, like our immunity from a medical astrology perspective. So it's very important to know And also the sun is the sign that we really grow into as we get older. So as we mature, we live more and more into our sun sign. So that is something that is really fundamental to look at in our chart, but having in the back of your mind that the ascendant or the rising sign and the moon sign is equally or as is more important. So the ascendant sign or our rising sign is really how we are seen by the world. So I like to say um, that it's like our front door mm. and it's what you know you see from the road looking in. Mm. So it's how people see us. And that is such um, an empowering, empowering information to know because sometimes it's really hard to understand how others are perceiving us because, you know, we can't. Um, see our own forehead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like we can't step outside of our, our body and our being to. Yeah. yeah, but knowing 
this rising ascendant sign, understanding the qualities of it, and then having that self-reflection and asking the people closest to us, mm. like, do these values, is this how mm. you see me, mm. is very interesting exercise to do. And then you can interpret that, um, which is really interesting because it gives that different level of understanding. Um, and then uh, looking at the moon sign as well, M is really important because the moon is to do with our emotions. Mm. So this is very much about how we want to be nurtured, how we feel safe, mm. how we um, how we want to be yeah loved. Mm. And so knowing someone's moon sign, especially knowing, you know, your partner's moon sign can give a really good insight into their psychology. Yeah, wow. And and working with that and knowing the polarities of the different qualities of the signs because they all have their higher aspects and they all have their lower aspects as well. Mm -hmm. So we can then understand you know, when someone isn't feeling emotionally secure, mm. this is more of the dark side of the moon qualities that they're mm. going to inhibit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or the brighter side, mm. the brighter side of the moon. And these are the qualities that they're going to, um, yeah, show. Yeah. Wow. So those three alone, um, give us a really good snapshot. And then when we look at medical astrology, which is very much linked to Ayurveda, the science of life, we, those are the three placements that I'll look at straight away mm-hmm. and they can give me a really good understanding of what someone's weaknesses is mm-hmm. and what they need to be mindful of um, and strengthen. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that just gives a really good, um, yeah. Mm, a really good insight. Yeah, a really good insight. And I was saying to you, yeah, I'm all laughing because mine is, my ascendant sign is Virgo and my sun sign is Sagittarius and they are pretty much the polar opposite qualities mm. and knowing that gives me um yeah so much understanding about myself yeah <laughs> it's quite funny because Virgo is almost that um especially as an ascendant sign the way you've explained it the way that people look in and you do come across as that sort of perfectly put together person who's very organized and it's funny when people who don't know you as well speak about you and that's obviously what they're picking up from your ascendant sign yeah but then through our years of friendship I've seen Tara (laughs) write notes on like crumpled pieces of paper that she's fished out of her handbag that have like stains all over them yeah and I'm like wow that is not that is not Tara. It's jol- <laughs> it's jolting, right? Yeah. Because my sun sign, Sagittarius, is more that spontaneous, adventurous, um, really carefree. Yeah. And that is literally the polar opposite yeah. to Virgo. Yeah. So people are like shocked when they see that I do these really crazy, adventurous things and yeah, yeah, or just really random, spontaneous things yes. because everyone sees me as very planned, very organized, and that is just what people are saying. It's not actually, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not actually my soul. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. I think you have qualities of both sides. Yes, but yes, definitely. When you're in your 
most um, authentic self. Yes. Yeah. I love your spontaneity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I definitely encourage you to look at both um, aspects. And another thing that Vedic astrology is really big on is when we look at our sun sign, yes, we, I'll take myself for example, we look at the Sagittarius sun, but we also want to look at its polarity and the opposite sign of Sagittarius is Gemini. And we will fall into one area on the scale between Gemini and Sagittarius. Mm. So I can see a lot of Gemini kind of qualities Mm. within me, like a lot of communication. My background is in marketing Mm. Um, and it's also multi-passionate. So it also Gemini wants to Mm. pursue more than one thing at the same time. And so I like to open people's awareness up around that, how, you know, our sun is sitting on the scale, like either closer to the Sagittarius sun, but we need to understand that we'll still inhibit qualities of all the signs in Mm. some aspect, because we have, you know, all the the signs, um, you know, are highlighting a particular area of our life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I also want to ask you, as well as using the different signs when I had my chart read by you the first time you told me about my north node Mm -hmm. can you touch a little bit on what a north node is and what a south node is yeah definitely so these are the lunar nodes so they're points in our chart so they're not actually planets Uh, so what they represent and in Vedic astrology um, the north node is Rahu and the south node is Ketu and so these give us a sole indication of where we have lived previous lifetimes Mm -hmm. and also an indication of where our soul is progressing or where it wants to go to in this lifetime so I think it's really empowering to know where our soul has been previously what are the kinds of lifetimes that it's lived over and over Mm. because that gives us an indication of what our strengths are because we've lived so many lifetimes to master those skills you know everyone comes into this lifetime and they're you know they pick up things easier it's like why is that Mm. why are they naturally do they have that talent yeah And so when we really zoom out and look at that, how our soul has, you know, gathered those um, skills Mm. and we can utilize them in this lifetime. Mm. So that's what I love about the chart because it shows us what our strengths and our weaknesses are Mm. and where we need to head in this lifetime. And, you know, our chart is really a key to give us that permission because the North Node or Rahu where we're heading to in this lifetime, we've never been there before. So it can be challenging. It can be a struggle. And we're always taught that if something, especially in the spiritual community, if something isn't easeful, then it's not meant for us. But I really have like a different philosophy on that. Looking into the charts, I really believe that there is that friction point. Yes, it's challenging, but is it challenging because it is stretching us and it's you yeah Mm. and so you know coming back to sitting with that in in your heart in your intuition and understanding is it 
why is there that hesitancy of doing that? And yeah, like I think that has been the biggest permission slip for me Mm. is knowing like my North Node. Mm. And because the thing at the end of the day, Em, like nothing about our chart or what I say to you should be surprising or shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Like the only thing that should be shocking about it is how does Tara know what's on my heart and how does she know what I want to do? Get out of my brain. (laughs) Yeah. And that is literally all all it is. Um, You know, I've had two sessions with incredible Vedic astrologers and um, my mentor, when I had a session with him, he, he was able to, the thing that he said to me straight away was, what I've always had on my heart that what I want to do in this lifetime that I haven't told anyone. Mm -hmm. And that was just confirmation to me, just, yeah, like there's how powerful it is. Um, and so I think a lot of what holds us back to living the life that we want to is we think it's not possible or, it's just some dream or like, yeah. And that's what I love about Vedic astrology. Like that session that I had really made me go, okay, like this is written in the stars. I have it on my heart. I'm going for it. Yeah. And so this is, yeah, the power of that. Yeah. And if we don't have the courage to step into that uncharted territory, I guess the impact then is that we're not taking on those challenges that are actually growing our soul and helping us to level up for our next incarnation, ultimately. Yeah, so this is why I love it when people come to me because most of the people, uh, when they come to me, are wanting to take that step in the north node direction. Mm. And there is that choice. Yes, you can stay in that south node and repeat that life that Mm. is very comfortable, that you're accustomed to Mm. many lifetimes, or you can actually step into, step into that. And that takes courage. Yeah. And sometimes you just need support and you need encouragement, um, and confirmation. Yes. Confirmation of your strengths and that you can do this because, you know, and you and I talk about this, we want to maximize this lifetime and I'm not here to repeat it. (laughs) So yeah, I want to make the most of it and I'm going to use the tool of Vedic astrology to, to shine that path for me. And I will, yeah, at regular times go back to my chart Mm -hmm. and 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 look at it i think probably and i'm going to make an assumption here that a lot of your clients who come to you as you kind of alluded to just then and i think i can relate when i've asked you to read my chart i usually know the answer and it's just wanting that confirmation because it is uncharted and i don't know whether it's uncomfortable because it's the right thing Mm. or if it's uncomfortable because it's the wrong thing. Yeah. But I 
yeah, I know for myself, I always have an idea that it might be the right thing. And so then it's like you said, getting that confirmation and that guidance to know. Because I think we do look for the answers outside of ourselves, mm. don't we? Because it's so much easier to get it from there. Yeah. And and look, at the end of the day, it's your your choice and mm. a good Vedic astrologer will never tell you what to do. Yeah. They will highlight, they will frame things in a certain way. They'll give you information, but they'll never make that decision for you. Yeah. Uh, because that is literally changing karma. Yeah. Um, which, you know, we can't do. No. We can't, yeah, we can't change the road. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just having that awareness. And I think that's what it is, Em, uh, like having awareness around what planets are impacting your journey at the moment mm. and how to work with them, how to work into the higher qualities of them rather than the lower mm. qualities of them. Well, that leads nicely into another question I have for you. <laughs> and Tara and I have talked a lot about this and I think, well, I'm very much on board with making Tara do a whole other episode on this. I am in my Saturn return period and we've talked a lot about how I can utilise this transitional period for the better. Yes. Yes. But it's hard. I don't like being in Saturn return. <laughs> can you talk about Saturn, please? Yes. What do we do? <laughs> yes. So Saturn gets a really bad rap and I really want to dispel, yeah, dispel this. Mm. And so really empowering you am. So for those of you that don't know, um, Saturn return is when Saturn makes a return in our chart, like it's saying, mm -hmm. um, which happens around the age between 27 to 30. And this is really, it can be a really um, challenging time when there's a mismatch of who you are on a soul level and the way you live your life. So this is when we're likely to experience difficulties. So Saturn really wants us to check in with our soul and make sure we're on path. Mm. And so I really see Saturn as an opportunity to uh, change our life if we're not living into our soul path. Mm. And yeah, that can be really disruptive. Mm. It's typically a time of a lot of loss, isn't it? Whether it's on a massive scale or a smaller scale. Yeah, and I wish I'd known this and when I was going through my Saturn return because during that period it felt like my whole, um, my, literally my whole world was reset. I broke up with my long-term partner of 12 years. Uh, I moved in with my brother. Like mm. I was just so much change mm. Mm. and so much change as a person as well. Um and it was very challenging, but Saturn really makes us grow and learn through experience. So he will give us this experience and some of these challenges to go through mm. to evolve the soul. So the planet's always working, you know, for us. Mm. They're not here to, you know, Saturn's not here to go, you know, I'm going to cause this to happen in your life. Tara and Emily. I'm going to fuck shit up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 
I know that you're going to look back at this time and just be like, that was really challenging, but thank you, Saturn. Yes. I love you. Yeah. You're going to go like, thank God, thank God. Like Saturn, like got rid of that relationship for me. Yeah. Like I am so thankful Saturn. Um, (laughs) And you know, in that time I met uh, my husband and I got engaged. Like it was a resetting, re-leveling. I, yeah, it was so massive for me. The growth was incredible. But at the time it felt like my world was falling apart and it was every single aspect of my life got reset. Mm. Yeah. And I know that you've been experiencing that as well, Em. Yeah, massively. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in my sun return since December 2020. And I still got a little way to go, which is (laughs) scary and exciting all at the same time. But yeah, I feel like constantly our chart is pushing us back on track, isn't it? But Saturn just does it a little bit more um, aggressively, maybe. Yes. For for the greater good. For the greater good, yeah. But um it can be a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> well yeah, they in astrology they refer to Saturn as the father. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, you are the child and mm. your dad is coming in and being like is this really how you want to live your life? And it, <laughs> it's like when you're doing your homework at the kitchen table and, and your dad comes to help you and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's not the right answer. Totally. And this is why, um, you know, and Em, you'll know this because I've been a broken record about this. I've been like Saturn really rewards like discipline, organization, yeah. structures. So you doing, you know, spiritual practices um, you organizing yourself, mm-hmm. um, making sure your home is really organized, that in your work's really organized. And I love that Tara is smiling at, <laughs> at me as she says this because she's like, Emily, you're still not, li- you've still not listened. Ta- Sorry, everyone, Tara is speaking directly to me now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it really, you know, and putting that hard work in, which you have been. Yeah you've been putting that hard work in and Saturn always rewards hard work. Mm, totally. So yeah, I think, yeah, I, I really don't want people to, to fear Saturn because it doesn't have to be, you know, wildly dramatic, mm. but you know, if I look at my experience and what I went through, I wasn't living in my authenticity and I was being someone at that time who everyone else wanted me to be. Yeah. And yeah, I needed that wake up call. Yeah. Because that's what it took. Mm-hmm. And I really believe the universe, you know, gives us whispers, that really soft intuition, yeah. like, hey, Tara, like, are you sure this is the right thing? Yeah. Yeah. And I heard them mm-hmm. and I, I just ignored them. Yeah. <laughs> So that is something that I really live into now is, yeah, Mm. making sure that I pay attention when it's a whisper. Mm. Mm. Totally. I also wanted to ask you about Chiron. Mm. Speaking of kind of challenges and pain points in our cycle. Mm. Yeah. So Chiron is a point in our chart that – it's called the the wounded healer, which is quite a triggering um, expression of it. 
but it's also in our chart and you will see this if you've looked at your chart it's symbol is a key and that is quite literal because all the clients that I've worked with I've I've found this pattern that where Chiron is placed what house it's in in your chart is a really good indication of where not necessarily it's it's where you're wounded so everyone has this right and when I say wounded when you alchemize this when you alchemize the wound it ends up being our greatest gift to the world mm. and this is such powerful information to know because if we it's like you know like a physical wound on our hand if we you know if that's sore or if that's damaged in some way we're going to be more mindful of it and keep it out of any danger and we're going to really you know protect it and so this is the same for that emotional point of view something that we've really struggled with in our lifetime something that we've really needed to overcome is something that we're able to um alchemize and then teach people or mm. help people through that and it's usually the way of service that we give back to others mm -hmm. and so again i'll just take mine as a reference mine is in the ninth house which is all to do with spirituality and beliefs and that has been my journey and like i've had um i was brought up very religious mm -hmm. i had to do a lot of soul searching i've gone through uh so many deep um spiritual and philosophical mm. roots in my life and that was something that um yeah was really um a pain point for me mm. and like you look where I am today yeah. and I'm teaching this yeah. spiritual science and this is what I help other people through so because of alchemized that it's something that I had to put more time attention and effort into mm. and I see that so often with all my clients they're living into mm. that placement so it's a very powerful one and I encourage you to look at that in your chart mm. I think yeah you, you've done so much work and it's um, been so beautiful to see you step into what I think your true calling is and it's yeah it's so beautiful to see you in that power empowering yourself through it but empowering others as well um i think it's so powerful and yeah you've given people today the kind of um insight or where they can start i guess at the mm. starting point into reading their chart but obviously when you work with your clients you go into a lot more detail and are, are able to kind of explain the chart in a lot more detail like your sessions are quite long yeah yeah so my sessions go for an hour and a half they're quite in depth and yeah just because the chart especially the vedic chart has so many different layers to it you know i could talk to your chart to you for, for weeks yeah um there's just so much information in it yeah totally how do people work with you yeah, so I do at the moment one-on-one -on -one sessions. So we really do a deep dive into your chart and I either do one as a, you know, all over 
general one um, or then we can really deep dive into your purpose a lot of people come to me for like purpose and another one is health as well mm. so like I said at the beginning um, medical astrology is something that I'm really passionate about and the our chart can show us our energetic constitution and our potential weaknesses and so if anyone is having um, health challenges that is something that I love to look at as well mm. so I do um, my Ayurvedic consultations and I interweave mm. the medical astrology with it yeah so holistic that's what we love yes Thank you so much, Tara. You are so welcome. I feel like we could pick your brain forever and ever. Um, and we will definitely be back with future astrology episodes because it is so fascinating and you are just such a wealth of knowledge. But I highly recommend for any witches listening, if you are reading your natal chart, if you are craving some clarity and guidance and, and as you said, Tara, some purpose, I think a session with Tara is just so transformative. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with our listeners, but constantly with me as well. I would be so lost without you and my chart and your ability to help me understand my chart. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Such a pleasure. As always, if you have enjoyed listening to this episode, we would love it if you could consider leaving us a rating or a review or even better would be both. Mm. And you can come and join us on social media too. Yes, and you can join the coven. So, yes. Witches Being Witches on Facebook. Yeah. Head over. We've got a little there. private um, Facebook group that you can join. We've got witches from all over the world, which is so exciting. Yes. We're building such a nice little little coven of witches, which is very, very cool and very powerful. We'll see you next time, fellow witch. Bye, fellow witch. Thanks for listening to Witches Being Witches. Remember, happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success. Health is the new wealth. And kindness is the new cool. We'll see you next episode.